Welcome to the dark forest. Jackie and her pals will never bore us. Shameless confessions about our obsession will make us laugh and smile. So let's explore the dark forest and dark down for a while. Hello and welcome to the dark forest. This is Jackie Cation. Uh, you know the websites, JackieCation.com, DorkForest.com, AllThingsComedy.com is the new podcast umbrella, and they have a million other comedy podcasts. If you are looking for more podcasts in your life, that's a good place to start. There is, on JackieCation.com, an Amazon banner, so when you order from Amazon, and we all do, go to JackieCation.com, click on that banner, and then do your regular ordering, and I get a tiny kickback. Life is good. So if that's one way that you can donate and support the show. Another way is to buy merch at JackieCation.com, where I have T-shirts, CDs, and hoodies. I have some hoodies in stock. And then the donation button is there if you want to just donate directly. I'd love everyone to give me a 100 bucks a year. And if you don't have a 100 bucks, well, give me what you can. Or just talk about and buy some merch. Do whatever you want. Anyway, the the credits, of course, Mike Rickberg, Sarah Cohen just sang that song you heard. Mike composed and wrote that song, and he's going to sing Mexican Hat Dance again at the end. Vilmos will fix the website, and Patrick Brady is going to fix this audio. Thanks a lot for listening, folks. Let's get right into it. Hey, and welcome to the Dork Forest. How the heck are you sitting in my living room? Uh, the guy that is the, the controller of my poll list, Cardiangelo, is that correct? Am yes. I pronouncing that correctly? That's the correct pronunciation. Excellent. Earth2Comics. Uh, dot com here in Sherman Oaks and then one up in Northridge, which That's I've never right. been to. So people are like, you don't talk about DC comics enough. You are a more Marvel person. And I said to you, well, you probably know about DC comics. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I was a DC kid growing up. I mean, that's that that was that's why the store is called Earth Two because that's the whole. That's what you said. You yes. said Jackie, <laughs> the show's called Earth Two, <laughs> and I said, is that a DC thing? And you're like, I'll come over. It'll right. be fine. <laughs> So, uh, welcome to the house. Uh, there's a, there's, n- if you're allergic to nuts, these cashews have nuts in them. Okay. And, uh, so. I'm not allergic. God love you. What's next to the nuts? That's chocolate. Uh, this is, this actually has nuts in it too. I'm out of Dove dark chocolate. So these are, uh, dark chocolate, uh, peanut butter cups. We're just going to talk about chocolate. We could talk about chocolate for a while. And then I have a couple of, uh, Dove, uh, peppermint barks. They have dark promises in them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Okay. So I just did an episode with Lee Bennett, Andy's best friend, okay. about DC a little bit. And so what that did was that created a list of questions that oh we did gosh. not address that you might be able to address. Where are the questions from? Are these from listeners or just questions that you had? And I you had afterwards. And then in the editing, I was like, wait, what? How, how come I didn't follow up on that? Oh, wow. and, and Lee also, he has the whole thing about Earth 2. Is my because is Earth to the Golden Age? Yes, uh, that it doesn't is. Seem... That's why I wore my I wore my. I know we weren't on camera, but I wore my Golden Age Flash T shirt today well, in well celebration played. of Earth that, Two. That is a Golden Age because he's NBC. wearing sort of a World War One helmet. Yes, that that's the idea. Yeah, and it's also the Mercury type of. Um, remember, like FTD florists used yeah. to have Mercury, and it also is like the Mercury kind of thing. But it has a. Um, I think some of the writers, like James Robinson. Maybe or Jeff Johns, one of them kind of retrofitted it to be like a World War Two or World War One helmet because that oh, kind of okay. made made more sense. Jeff Johns of the guy who's writing it now, or the guy. Well, that's Je- writing- Jeff has done Justice Society. James Robinson's writing a series called Earth Two now. Okay, and Jeff's spent a lot of time at DC writing uh, Justice Society comics. Yeah. Which are sort of affiliate, even though they, I mean, this is where it gets confusing. Even though they were Earth One Justice Society comics, there's always that Earth Two kind of connotation and World War II connection. Right. Certainly. Because there's the Justice League, the Justice Society, and the right. League of uh Extraordinary Gentlemen. Extraordinary no, there, there gentlemen. The League. What is the third one? Um well there's like the Crime Syndicate, which is like on Earth Three. Oh. If you want to get, you know, advanced. Uh right. but maybe the, we should yeah, the stick evil to... the evil twins of Right, exactly. Of, okay. You've got Ultraman instead of Superman. Oh. But yeah, well, that was one of the things that always got me – initially got me most excited about DC was that whole Earth-1, Earth-2 concept, although they eventually kind of uh, put it aside. But when I was a kid, the first comics I picked up were, you know, like Batman and Superman. Sure. But then like the first – comic book and I love the flash I think because the first comic book I picked up that was a hero that I had not seen on TV you know right. you had the Batman TV show and Superman the 50s TV show, show yeah. was always in reruns and the flash was the first comic I picked up where it's like who is this guy right and that started and, and that led to like Justice League and then the first issue of Justice League I picked up made my mind explode because it was <laughs> it was the second part 
you know, and, and, and DC rarely did like multi-parts. Marvel was known for the multi-part epics. Okay. Uh, DC rarely did, you know, was. Wait, you mean the, so like one, one comic book was one story? Usually. Sometimes two or three stories. I mean, usually oh, wow. DC had, you know, like eight, a lot of eight pagers. Okay. Uh, but even on their main books, you know, Flash would have like a 16 page story and a Green Lantern backup or something. Okay. Um, and Justice League, was usually just one issue. You know, over in Avengers, they were doing things like the Kree-Skrull War, which went on for like two years or something. And what year is that? Oh, we're talking about early 70s. Early 70s, yeah. okay. So I think, yeah, I, I did a list recently for myself, which was kind of fun, of looking at the first issues that I bought of, of certain books. Yeah. And and I could sort of see the evolution, how, you know, over the course, it was 1972, 1973 for me. I was, you know, about 10 or so. Okay. And it was, you know, going from 10 to 12 and really starting to, you know, to collect, to collect, to okay. go from like sort of like, you know, potchkeying or whatever. Oh, I'll pick up this issue. Oh, that's a funny cover. Yeah. And then really by 1975, I was just buying everything. <laughs> and, right. and, and, but it started with about two years of just DC before I got into Marvel. And the first Justice League book I bought was Justice League 108, which was part two of a Justice League, Justice Society crossover, which had the Earth One heroes and the Earth Two heroes. But then for good measure, yeah. they threw in a new group of heroes called from, uh, uh, an Earth called Earth X, and Earth X was actually the Earth where the Nazis won World War II. Oh my God! So and- you're get and 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 you're getting thrown into this story with all these different characters running around, and right. not a lot of explanation for whatever reason. It really was like you know you got to pick it up as you as you went along. Right, just keep reading. Yeah, and Superman in that story it was the Golden Age Superman, and he had the graying temples, okay, you know, like Doctor Strange or Reed yeah. Richards has, and he had gray hair. And it was never explained. Like I'm trying, I'm reading Superman and Superman comics. Right. But the way DC was at the time too, DC would do weird things in different books. There was a book called World's Finest where Superman and Batman had sons. And the editors used to say, hey, so what? Maybe you don't see the sons (laughs) in other books, but that doesn't mean they don't have sons. You know, it's not an imaginary story. It's not a what if. It's they really have sons. So then when I go to Justice League (laughs) and he's got gray hair, I'm figuring, okay, anything can happen. Right. And it was it was probably a year later when I realized oh that was the Earth Two Superman because then okay. they, cause that was what they kind of adopted the idea that the Superman from the thirties yep who was now forty years older would have a little bit of uh, a little the bit aging of gray. process yeah, would exactly, have happened to indicate that but uh, yeah it, it was just that thing of being thrown into so many different costumes and you know so many different heroes. That was, that was sort of the, the, the fun mind of blower it. that it can be anything. Right. I mean, that's one of the coolest things about comic books in general that I've said this before is that they can be about anything and they, they can, I do, I mean, cause there is, there's continuity things that happen that people right. really get all torn up about right. going to the long boxes and finding it. They're like, well, that wouldn't go with that. And I'm like, it's a comic book. It could be anything, right? Well, well that's how they write themselves into these stories. The first, you know, in terms of like the Silver Age or the Modern Age of DC, when they came up, are with there the, just two ages? Uh, or well, are we in a Bronze Age? Well, Is it the Stone well, Age? Yeah, there, there's the Golden Age, Silver. I mean, those ages are sometimes talked about in terms of like just the collecting years. Okay. So yeah, it goes from Silver, which ends maybe in the early 70s or mid 70s, and then they talk about Bronze, and people try things like Copper and Platinum, <laughs> and that, you know, I think I think it went from Bronze and then just to Modern. You okay. Know? It's like, yeah. and then we're in the Modern Age, and you yeah. Know, you know, it's Spawn and everything after Spawn. Um, but Wait, the comic book Spawn is some sort of shark moment? It, it is a, a shark moment. Yeah, I think it is. I don't, even, I don't think I – I'm sorry to digress, but who the hell is Spawn? I can't is he really a talk spider? You can't he, talk is he, I mean, is he – Yeah, is he spider? Is he a well, spider? Well, no, I think it's like Hell Spawn. I mean, Spawn comes from – it's one of those, you know, things that – I always find kind of interesting because it's like the word spawn doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. But it's like a, 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 you know, it's calling like, it's like. It's birth, right? It's birth, it's a birth exactly. word, right? But I think it's called, he's called spawn because he's a hell spawn, which was like, a, you know, oh, and okay. I, so I think he's got, he made some sort of pact. I, I, I'm not a big spawn reader, so I really don't know. <laughs> I think right? Al Simmons, I think, is the, is the character's name, but he made some pact with some sort of demon, demon. or something. And yeah. so he has hell That's going to end poorly. It always ends poorly when you make some sort of. It's never a good know. thing. What are you thinking, Guido, in X Factor? <laughs> and we're back to Marvel. We'll go back to – okay, so in DC. So the Golden Age – wait, Earth 2 is 
all of those guys. Is so the, the, the characters Woman. that happened in the 40s, yeah. Because what happened is DC was publishing superheroes in the 40s, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, right. a version of Green Lantern, okay. you know, not the space guy Green Lantern, but Alan Scott, you know, who wore like a football jersey oh. and riding pants, I mean, and you know, really <laughs> nice. not very color coordinated. He had like purple cape, red shirt, green pants. It was all very, very odd outfit. Right, that is some found and, items. And he was allergic to wood. His weakness was wood. Really, yeah. Alan Scott. Yeah, and he was. What was his superpower? What was his? Well, he had a he had a Green Lantern. He had a ring had a that ring could and do a green things. Lantern. Yeah. Okay. Was was it will based as well, where he could make stuff it, happen? He, I guess, he could make stuff happen. I think normally it seemed more it was like more like a green flame or kind of like a force beam. He wasn't like doing like the boxing gloves. Oh, it was more like a Dragon Ball like Z that. kind of yeah, boom kind yeah, of thing? Okay. like a zap, I guess. Yes, Zort. Um, <laughs> okay, so those those were the four main. And uh, well, Flash. Oh right. Well, pretty much everybody that came around in the 60s, everybody that's in the Justice League kind of has a 40s counterpart. Adam, Hawkman, um, there was a Sandman, a Golden Age Sandman who had like a gas mask. Okay. And then he's in, if you ever read the Neil Gaiman Sandman, they, yeah. do, they do reference him. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah, he's like the, and then they brought oh, like, exactly. a, and then they did a whole series of like Sandman mystery theater. But he, San, you know, yeah, there, there's, there's pretty much everything that happened later has some kind of antecedent so the, in the adam 40s. was the adam like a, a nuclear no, the adam was just a really tough guy who could like a boxer atom or atom oh he was oh kind of like a napoleon yeah I mean, he was like a napoleon kind of character yeah he was well, he, super tough yeah he was just really he, but he was short he right. was, you know he was he was so he was like the mighty adam but he was just he just had you know no magical or you know scientific powers no <laughs> atomic enough. powers no atomic powers got it cuz even when they first created him in 1939 i mean they really weren't thinking about atomic oh right powers we're pre atomic <laughs> That's great. Pre-Manhattan Project. Right, pre-Manhattan Project, or possibly not, but uh, wasn't being talked about. Exactly. Wasn't being brooded about. It, it, it wasn't being talked about in the offices of DC <laughs> Comics. Hey, what about that atom bomb? Oh, that sounds good. Oh, that seems like a good idea. But the the um, but those characters all kind of died out, or the you know with the you know all the like post World War Two, post World War Two, and the whole thing with you know Wortham and all those you know the the superhero comics kind of you know just faded away, and then when they brought back. Uh, the Flash. Right. Uh, that was when a bunch of editors at DC were sitting around, like Julius Schwartz and his writers, and they were like, well, let's, why don't we try superheroes again? Okay. They, had, they had a book called Showcase. Yeah. Uh, DC had a book called Showcase, which literally was, was like pilot season. It was oh. a different series every issue. So they could try something out on the newsstand. Cause at that time, the newsstand didn't like number one issues. Oh, wait. Wait, what, what year is this? Oh, uh, late 50s. Late 50s. Yeah. So 1958. They don't yeah. like number one issues. What does that mean? Because, well, because the newsstand is trying to order. They like seeing, well, we, we, we sold, you know, we sold this many of issue, uh, you know, 50 and then this many of issue 51. So we know how many to get of issue 52. Okay. Every time there's a number one, they're like, what the hell is this? Right. How so, do we yeah. order? Exactly. Okay. It, was, it wasn't like now where, my God, you know, I mean, if, if, if Marvel or DC could issue number one issues every week, that's all they would do. <laughs> because the implication is, is new people are going to, they're like, oh, I can get in on number one. Yeah. Is that the theory? Yeah. And then, and collectors, you know, always will pick up, oh, well, I got to, I have to get one to read and one to, you know, put away. Oh, right. And, you know, right. so number ones always are going to do better at the, the perceived, you know, okay. potential value. So Earth, so Earth 2, when did they go to Earth to? Was it the Flash on some sort of treadmill? Is that well, something? That, yeah. Oh, I love the cosmic treadmill. But yeah, because the the first Flash story, and this is where they got themselves into tr- to trouble, that basically set the stage for the entire, uh, basically history of DC Comics is <laughs> in the issue where they introduced the new Flash. You know, he's got the hood and the wings on, on him. Barry Allen is seen reading a comic book. Because they needed to explain okay. why does he call himself the Flash when there used to be a superhero called the Flash. Okay. So they explained that he actually was a fan of comic oh. books and used to read the the old Flash comics. Okay. Well, this puts them in a corner now where how do they have the new Flash meet the old Flash? Because it's been established. You know, you were talking about fans who go to the continuity. Yeah. It's been firmly established in DC continuity that Barry <laughs> Allen only knows the Flash as a comic book character. Right. So Jay Garrick, this the Golden Age Flash, can't just show up. Yeah, how does he show how up? How does He's he show real. up? That's why we have to create Earth 2. 
Okay, so it's parallel Earth that he cre- that he ends up going to by right. breaking some sort of sound barrier or right. something. Right, about two years, I guess, probably a year and a half, two years into the, the new Flash run, it was so popular, and they were getting letters going, well, where's the old Flash, uh-huh. and why can't they meet? So they created a story called Flash of Two Worlds. Okay. And they didn't have the cosmic treadmill yet, and that story, Barry Allen Flash just, does, he's in some theater, and he he does some serious spinning you know, okay. uh, and, and just like tracks a new vibrational frequency or something sure. and it brings him into a whole new world. Okay. And he picks up the newspaper and sees he's from Central City, but he sees this newspaper says he's in Keystone City. Okay. And then he realizes, wait a second, Keystone City, that's where. That's the comic book that's city. That's the comic book city. That's okay. where the Flash is. So he goes to, you know, he just literally shows up, you know, in the same right. way if you wound up in Gotham City, you know, right. you would. Go, I would go look to, for Bruce Wayne. Yeah, you go uh, to Wayne Manor and go, hi, you're Batman. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I so want to do that. Why can't we do that? That'd be, oh, his mind would be blown. So yeah, and that, and that's, so that's when they created. How do you think Batman would respond to that? Uh, I think he'd kill you. <laughs> that's my problem with Batman. <laughs> He might actually snap and go, you can't know. You yeah, can't exactly. know. And I'm like, turn me into a Robin. Just yeah. now I'm, now, 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 now you have to train me. Yeah. And I'm Lefemme Nikita and let's fucking and do maybe this. Maybe that's what he does. Maybe he, when someone finds out his identity, he lets them be Robin and then lets the Joker kill them. And then, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. There's a definite pattern involved. There's, there's a lot of Robins who just don't make it. And maybe that's why. <laughs> oh yeah. Learn all the secrets. No, come on come in. On. I'll tell you everything. Everything. This is uh, and here's my ATM number. Here yeah. you go. Live it up. Have you have you met have you met this guy with the green hair over here? <laughs> and allow me to introduce you to this madman. Yeah, that is okay. So then, so he vibrates. He shows up at Keystone City, and then he just shows up, and they become friends. They and, become friends, and then and, and that then, and that was called a flash of two worlds. Flash of two worlds. Flash one twenty three. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And how many? How many? Was it a one off? Was it just one whole? Well, that was, yeah, one story, one issue, and then, but then they started making it, uh, a yearly thing, and then they started extending, and then they brought back the Justice Society, and then they started doing it regularly in, um, where, Justice where, League. Oh, where they would c- constantly go check in with Earth right. 2 and go, what should I do? Yeah. <laughs> when do you think mortgage rates are going to go? <laughs> or whatever, right? right? <laughs> yeah, because maybe they have a little, yeah, well, they were in the same, it's just that, what, what was the, the theory? The theory was that some things happened on Earth 2 20 years before. So we're, you know, oh. superheroes, so superheroes started as a phenomenon in the 40s right. on Earth 2, but didn't really happen until the 60s on Earth 1. Ah, okay. Um, yeah, that was sort of the... You know, and and that's when they started the the stories that always had the word crisis in them. Crisis on Earth One, Crisis on Earth Two was the first meeting of of the the two groups. And here's what I forgot to ask Lee: was something about infinite crisis on? Is that on infinite Earths? Well, there was cri- Well, that, that's that's when they collided everything in the eighties. In the eighties, they tried to join the. They they destroyed all the worlds. Okay. And uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez, you know, who were the biggest. People at DC at the time because okay. Teen Titans was like the big hit series. Wait, who's Superboy? Um, well, no, no, this Teen Titans. They, yeah. That was like you know Robin, and that was like the oh. old school Teen Titans that were all sidekicks. They were yeah. just so it was oh. Wonder Girl and Robin, you know Dick Grayson, Robin, okay. uh, Speedy. Because in the eighties, the seventies and eighties, there were a lot of teen sidekicks, right? Yeah, everybody had a sidekick. Yeah, and then. Um, and then the Teen Titans, they all just gathered together right. like on... And, and Marvel, and the, the biggest book at Marvel was X-Men. So DC wanted to do something to oh, for the ute? like X-Men. With, okay. Yeah, because yeah, X-Men had the Ute following. Yes. And, um, and DC, you know, all the characters, they always seemed older, you know. Yeah. Superman and Greenland, they always have this like, you know, well, they all, all they feel always like your dad. They always seem like dads. Yeah, yeah they exactly. were told. Yeah. It was like, oh, these guys know how to, yeah. uh, they, they could fix the lawnmower. But Peter Parker and guys like that are always, you know, everything's going wrong for them. <laughs> but even but Clark- Don't even get me started on that. I don't understand. <laughs> if you were a scientific genius, why don't, why are you delivering pizzas and right. taking photographs of yourself? Right. That's not, those are not, those are not jobs. You. So wait, was, yeah. so was Peter Parker the first person to take selfies? Yes. <laughs> Holy smokes. <laughs> 
Yes, he was. He invented the selfie. There you there go. There you go. Perfect. And they were all out of focus. That was always a problem. He put up that little camera. It would have right. web fluid all over it. How did he afford? Uh, yeah, whatever. It's anyway. Well, then they've kind of dealt with that because now he's part of like that big think tank, so he can kind of get some. Oh, so now he has an yeah. income. Do you know why? Because Doc Ock has fixed his his life. Well, yes, Doc Ock's done a very good job. He's with done Peter a, Parker's He's life. raising <laughs> Peter Parker to his potential. Yes. So when he finally gets his body back, which I hope happens, because yes. I'm not saying that I don't enjoy the the, the crossover. Anyway, we've I've drifted oh. again to. <laughs> Well, was oh, so I, yeah. yeah. So infinite earths. Oh well, Christ on infinite earths was. Well, when you go back in time, you know, and and, and I was sort of doing fanzines in the around this time too with um and and the you know, you always had the you know Marvel versus DC debate okay. and one of the biggest criticisms against DC that they that they began to feel was was a, was a hindrance to getting you know new readers or being considered <laughs> hip or cool was the whole two earths concept. <laughs> Right, I'm going to cough over here, but okay. keep talking. Okay, uh, and you know that that was people kept saying, you know, or readers would say, "Oh, it's so confusing, and it doesn't matter because they have all these Earths, and if they don't want something to happen on one place, you know." And they were also, in addition to the multiple Earths, they were doing, you know, DC was known for the imaginary story, you know, where it's like, "What if, what if Superman was Batman's brother?" And they, <laughs> you know, they would just do it and then they go oh but it was just an imaginary story you know oh that is annoying yeah that okay it was always bobby ewing in the shower you know exactly uh, the jr thing yeah you can't do that that will irritate people when oh. they've been they, they've invested hours into and months into following this thing and you're like oh it never happened right and you're like no i don't approve of that so yeah, no, that was no and that would happen all the time i mean you know especially like in you know lois lane marries superman oh it was just a dream you know uh. so so they, so dc had that rap so they took an idea that they called Crisis on Infinite Earths. And basically the end result, I mean, and that was like a year long epic story, 12 parts. Wow. Um, and it was set out to redefine the DC universe. And it was like, and it happened right before, like when John Byrne took over Superman okay. in the mid eighties, that was a big thing. Cause again, John Byrne was one of Marvel's biggest talents. He's doing Fantastic Four. He's uh-huh. doing, um, I mean, he'd done Spider-Man. He'd done everything pretty much for, for Marvel. Byrne X-Men. with an E? Like B-Y-R-N-E? B-Y-R-N-E, yeah. Okay. He was, you know, after, he was like the main X-Men artist and then he took over writing and, and, and drawing Fantastic Four and it's a, uh, really great run. And, you know, DC wooed him over and said, we'll let you do anything. You can, you can reinvent Superman. Wow. And okay. So mid eighties, he does this. Yeah. 1985, 86. Wow. And they did Christ on Infinite Earths, which basically wiped out everything you knew about DC from 1938 to 1985. And, and Byrne did that. Well, no, no, that was, was, was Marv Wolfman and George Perez. Okay. Who were sort of, who were, who were hot off of their, Teen Titans stuff. Oh, right. So they were like the biggest uh, talents at DC as well. So that was just a story. You know, they had the, I mean, there's a character that shows up now. I think he's still in like Green Lantern every now and then, the anti monitor. So okay. there's a, you know, he, you know, has it's So it's all antimatter. You know, matter meets antimatter. Everything gets oh, wiped right. out. So they reduced it basically to one Earth, which was a combination of, they got to pick and choose. They, oh, okay. So, the, oh, the Dream Team. So a dream team, exactly. Okay. And then they created a continuity where it used to be that um, – so it, it made it more of like an epic generation of, of heroes. Yeah. So where you had the world – so Superman wasn't World War II anymore because okay. you couldn't have – you couldn't. they didn't want to have two Supermans. You know, right. They didn't want to have a 40 Superman and a 80 Superman. Yep. So basically you had two generations. You had some of those classic World War II type of characters, but then any of the major ones, Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman – they started now for the first time in the 80s. Okay. And everything was, you know, and a bit like, to some extent, a little bit like what they did a couple of years ago with the new 52. Right. But this was to... And this was the first big time that they did that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was just, a, it was like, it was a ground zero, you know, you know, wiping of, of, of the decks. Yeah. And Lee told me that Wonder Woman in the 40s, she was, she was like the secretary Yes, or for the Justice the, Society. Yes. Was that in the 80s too? Did she get to fight in the 80s? Oh, she got to fight in the 80s. The 80s actually, okay. she, she had a really good se- series. Pretty in good the run. 80s. But, but in the, well, I mean, she had adventures in the 40s, but. They but were of, lady adventures. Right, but they were lady adventures. <laughs> a lot of bondage. It was always a lot of like weird stuff oh. going on. And when they did, um, 
and when they would have their – I mean – and Justice Society, well, for a while, when they did the Justice Society book in the 40s, it wasn't always a team-up. Okay. Originally, it was just a – and that's why it was a society, because I was thinking about this. Just a society, it sounded like, you know, just like a social club, and that's right. what it was. Oh, okay. They would meet for ice cream and coffee well, occasionally. Basically, the, it was just a framing device. Okay. It was, it was, you'd, you'd open, the, the first page would be them sitting around a table. Okay. And they'd go, well, what have you been up to? And then they would just do, they do a Flash story and a Green Lantern story. So it was just an excuse to have an anthology. Oh, okay. So they were all just flashback stories. Basically, yeah. Okay. And eventually, they became team-up stories. Right. But um, but initially they weren't. They were just all Initially that. they weren't. Oh, that's kind of interesting. And then you had the thing of at the table, they'd go, well, Wonder Woman, you're the secretary. Do you have our notes from last time? Yeah. <laughs> she was like, Robert's rules. You were supposed to acknowledge yeah, me immediately. Exactly. And so, <laughs> God, I don't approve. Anyway, so, uh, but what, what are you going to do? Yeah. So, so then, yeah, let's talk New 52. Because okay. I tried in, when New 52 started, everyone was like, you gotta read, you gotta read DC. Cause what do people, what, what, what is the complaint against Marvel? What, what do people usually find irritating? Cause with, with, with DC, if they were doing that and it's all a dream. Right. Or, cause my problem with Marvel has been that all of the bad guys are too scary. <laughs> all of the bad guys are genuinely madmen. Right. And some of the art reflects how creepy that is. It's a little disturbing. Yeah. It, it can just, it can genuinely disturb right. me. <laughs> so what, what are there, what, what do pe- people who read mostly DC, what don't they like about Marvel? Well, I, now, I, you know, I, in, I wonder. back then, I mean, I think it used to be that it was, it, it seemed to never end. That stories just didn't really have beginnings, oh, middles okay. and ends. And it was just kind of an endless one fight, fight after another. You know, and there were the, there used to be the cliche in the seventies and eighties, certainly of, you know, the, whenever the hero, like the heroes didn't know each other. So whenever they met, they'd always fight, you know. Oh, weird. You know, the, you know, in Marvel? I, yeah, Iron Man and Thor. Who are you? Who are you? I don't know. Who are you? And they'd get into a fight or, you know, there'd always be like a gimmick for. <laughs> How could they not know each other? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and, you know, well, someone cast a spell or, you know, or uh, there's just some misunderstanding, you know, which they kind of use in the Avengers movie. You know, there is sure. that moment. But again, they are sort of all meeting for the first time. Right. And it makes, you get, you get away, you get one of those. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> yes. We can, we'll give you one scene with right. that. And then, and then everybody's got to figure but out how I, to I work together. Now, I think sometimes, I think that the, one of the biggest complaints I hear about Marvel now, uh, that's funny. It's called Marvel now too, but one of the things is, now they've done – they do so much over – Oh, the crossover. So much crossovers and so many books with the same characters that what what used to be the strength of Marvel, which was sort of a cleaner continuity. Yeah. I think now people go, how is – you know, what you hear a lot is, how is Wolverine in, in, in 25 books? Right. You know, every X-Men book has Wolverine in it. Every Avengers book has Wolverine in it. Spider-Man's in every right. Avengers book. How can these guys? There's you know. a workaholics anonymous <laughs> yeah. that he might want to look into because uh, there's no. That's why I like that Hawkeye title because it's like oh, it's when great. Hawkeye's not being Hawkeye, this is what Hawkeye's doing. Yeah, and you're like, oh, your life is a mess. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's a great that's a great book. I mean, and it is and it is just sort of taking the the character and it can exist within. It's got its own storytelling yeah. world that it takes place in, but you can allow that, yes, and in between issues or in right. between panels, he's going off with the Avengers and having a thing, but this is what happens when he goes back to his apartment. When he goes back to his apartment, he's got to lie down, yeah, and yeah. then he's got a neighbor. Yeah. And so, <laughs> so yeah, that, yeah, so, okay, so that's the big, because that is Andy's, actually. That's Andy's problem. He's like, I can't, because he loves the X-Men, yeah. but he can't. There's too many books, right? And he can't do them all. So, right. Um, and how do you keep track of them? Avengers. I mean, again, I think the Avengers books are really good, but I sometimes just forget which one I'm I'm reading, right? Because they have a similar. I mean, well, a couple of them, Avengers and New Avengers, are both written by Jonathan Hickman. So there's a there's a similar style, yeah. And a similar storytelling, and then I'm just like, yeah, it happened with Avengers too. But w- w- wait, which story am I in? Right. And that's why sometimes I'll go back to the you know, that's collections. How, you know. That's how I learned. Um, the names of the writers is because I was like, Oh, that guy, Daniel way writes this one. Yeah. So this is the one I'm reading. Right. That's and how you, that's how you track the book. That's by how the I writer, track the yeah. book, which has been great because you like to appreciate the people that are actually doing the work. Sure. And it's, it hasn't happened yet enough with the, with the artists. And mm-hmm. I feel a little bad about that, but uh, you know, Andy's like, well, you know, you're just 10 years in, you're 10 years in, when <laughs> you're 30 years in, maybe then, maybe then you'll figure it well, out. Well, it's also because, Especially with Marvel, they're, they're doing more rotation of artists too. So, okay. because, because the artists and the, 
you know, it seems the biggest problem, and that's also a, a in terms of consistency, in terms of complaints, sometimes people will, you know, say, oh, I, I'd rather see us more of a steady, you know, our team or a steady yeah. team on a book. But because for whatever reason, the paradigm that exists for comics, which is monthly comics, yeah. there aren't a lot of artists who can actually produce that's a that lot of amount work, of right? Pages a month. It is a lot of work. Okay. And I mean, I can't draw, so I can only begin to imagine. <laughs> right, me too. You know, turning out twenty pages of that every um, month. Yeah, I just be... yeah, and I suppose the and I it maybe it's easier now because they're it's on the computer, but maybe not. Maybe it's harder. I, I think there's things that make the for production. I think that makes some of the process easier. Right. I mean, people can go from. I mean, you know, you can see it where someone can go from a lot. Lo- I'll put it this way. It, it, it shines up some, some yeah. not great work a lot better. Okay. Uh, because you can take basically somebody's very rough pencils and then have the computer guy kind of tighten up the lines oh, and then the colorist, up. you know, colorist can make the sky, you know, go three different colors. So, yeah. you know, it, it look, it just, you know, it, it, it creates at least a veneer of, of a certain production value, even if the, the, the art isn't fully completed. Oh, right. If, if it is an amazing art, it can yeah. be cleaned up into something better. And it, and it looks and just flipping by, you know, just like, you know, it's like when you're watching a movie or a TV show, you go, well, heck, it's a lousy movie, but it's got great cinematography, you know? <laughs> right. They made that blow up really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, the last episode, of the Dork Forest was with Greg Franklin, who did. I don't know if you saw that animated when I when my album came out. I did an animated oh. um, track. Okay. One, of, one of my tracks uh, from the joke, the L.A. Pet joke. Okay, was he animated it? And he was talking about his first animation gig was where he was working for AOL and he had to do something for Disney. And it was he had it was 1989, I think, and he was wow. given hundreds of of different poses of Mickey, original drawings of Mickey Mouse, and he had to do something for Disney. And so he realized that if he scanned them and took the heads off of the different ones and then just did cut and paste, he could put it together a lot faster and the lines were better. So he didn't end up drawing any of that. Wow. And um, his boss was like, well, where's your art? And he goes, <laughs> oh, it's in my head. It's in my head. And then uh, – I put it together on the on Flash on the computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so uh, he said it, it ended up looking really good, but it was one of the tricks that he could do with the right. with the animation. Well, so. yeah, I mean, and for people who you know, one of the things that's really become a big collector thing now is original art, and there's there's less and less of it because right. there aren't the same kind of you know. I mean, if you there have, are no cells, there for, aren't there aren't for computer for yeah. animation, there aren't cells for 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 comic books, there aren't. They don't paste up, you know, the word yeah. balloons. If you see the old, you know, comics from the seventies or eighties, the production art literally has, you know, someone's pencils and someone's inks, and then somebody who cut out word balloons and pasted them on the boards. Wait, is and it like that- a diorama? Like you were given a piece of paper, yeah. somebody drew the pencils, and then you handed to it another literally guy. Was, it was all all the work was done on the same board. Piece of paper, yeah. essentially. Yeah. Well, that's. That makes but, sense, but, but that's crazy. Right, but it doesn't have, and, and now even when there is a separate penciler and inker, most inkers will make a, a like just a high grade copy of the pencil art oh. and then ink over a, a like a blue line, yeah. a blue line print. <laughs> and so the penciler has his pencil art and the inker has theirs. So now when, even when there is a tradi- even when it's done traditionally and all yeah. the, all the lettering is done, um, on the computer, on computers. So there are no, you know, it's all overlays or, or on computer that yeah. there's no more, that there's no more like, you know, again, pasted up yeah. balloons. Okay. So that's more and more rare now. Yeah. So how are you going to, are you going to sell that? Right. That's impossible. <laughs> well, you can, yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, some art, yeah, as you say, doesn't exist. It only exists. Digitally or in yeah. the artist's head. Yeah, yeah. So, um, cause when I, when I first started reading comics, some of the, the, the DC titles that I would get into were yeah. all weird. The, it was like when you bought The Flash. Right. I, like I, I was really excited about that Dial H for Hero. Oh, the, the, years yeah, ago. oh yeah, yeah, H E R, yeah, yeah, the yeah. One, that guy was a great writer. I forget what, oh, what was his, uh, cause um, it wasn't the first, I'm told it wasn't the first time that Dial H no. for Eero thing came out, but it was like the second or third time. But it was the first time where it had that really, uh, kind of, um, urban, you yeah. know, deconstructionist 
feel. All the other ones were very – it was a 50s concept. Right. And it was very silly in the 50s. You know, right. It was Robbie Reed, you know, one of those you know, alliterative you know, 60s, 50s names. Right. And he would dial – you know, but then – yeah, but H-E-R-O um, – I'm just spelling it out because that's sort of – because they didn't – there's a new one now called Dial H. But that right. one was just called Hero, I think. And, and it, it was, was spelled Will out, Feff- right? Yeah, Will Pfeffer was the, the writer, I think. In and the, that was a great in, series. In the one 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah. It was one of the first DC yeah. ones I picked. And I think the Secret Six – Secret Six was also great. Yeah. Was also great, but I had a hard time. Like I tried when New Fifty Two came out, I was yeah. like, "Well, let's do this, right?" I want to read Superboy, and I want to read Teen Titans, mm-hmm. and and I want to read Batman Incorporated, and I want to read right. Superman, and I I wasn't able to stick with them. The only ones I've stuck I stuck with Batgirl for a long time, mm-hmm. and I'm still doing Batwoman, even though it's creepy. <laughs> Her sister is creeping me. <laughs> Why is everyone so clinically insane? In in in, in well, in the DC? Batman universe, that's sort of. I mean, that's yeah. I mean, and that's what the the sort of tagline on that has been is how dark and twisted the the DC universe is in the New Fifty Two. Yeah, and well, Lee was talking about how Lex Luthor isn't isn't insane. Right. Lex Luthor is just a bad guy. He mm-hmm. wants to make money. He's a corporate. He's a corporate villain. Right. But how? Why is he a villain? He's working within the system, right? And uh, he, is he even a villain? And yeah, and, and you know, I think we're going to see more probably later this year. With but yeah, let, he hasn't. I mean, certainly he's someone who doesn't like Superman. But yeah, right. he isn't a. He's not out there yet. They haven't put him back in like his purple, you know, power suit. You know, where, right. uh, you know where he tries to to fight Superman as right. much as, as you know. And, and that's but that's a cool idea. The idea. of 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 the human being who just really resents you know resents the presence of this you know why is why is this alien Metropolis's biggest hero I'm the one who's done more for you know Metropolis right right you it's, know I I, I I I give people jobs Superman doesn't give anybody jobs he's not a job creator <laughs> he knocks down a building that's yeah. a job creation yeah. except for he's not paying anybody to put it back up right exactly so he can't do it on his on his salary, on his salary. <laughs> yeah so it's um yeah there was uh there was a Okay, and uh, Reyes Paul? No, who's uh, who's the bad guy? Allow me to start this question okay. over. Batman has his bad guy. The the not RuPaul, not Ron Paul. It's uh, it's the the Asian. He was Liam Neeson. In oh, Rajal Ghul. Rajal Ghul. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> it's like one of those. I have to like picture it. RuPaul. Oh, now I see. I can move the letters around it's, in it's, my mind. It's, it's just a little jumble. <laughs> Welcome to Boggle. <laughs> So, yeah, but Raj Al Ghul. Raj Al Ghul, who is uh, an Asian bad guy. But his dream, because Lee was also saying that he wasn't insane either. He just has an agenda through the ages to burn down cities where it's Sodom and Gomorrah. There's no hope here. We just got to start over. So... But he does seem slightly crazy, right? Is he crazy in the new one? Um, again, I'm trying to think. Yeah, I mean, well, they're doing a whole villains thing at the end of this year because they have because it's really only been like a year and a half or almost two years into a lot of the classic villains haven't been even come up yet. Yeah, because or come I, back. Cause, yeah, because they wanted to, I think, save some of that because yeah. I mean, you know, they really they've only done like one Joker story and it was a really good Joker story, but there was only one. Who wrote that? Uh, Scott Snyder. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Is know, it SNY? D-E-R? Yes. Okay. Yeah, he's been writing Batman, and Batman's probably, you know, yeah, the best book of the new 52, and now he's writing a new Superman book with Jim Lee that, um... Is it that pretty one? Is yes, it that beautiful yeah, yeah, yeah. Superman Batman type? Oh, oh, no, Superman Batman is it? No, that's by Greg Pak, but that is beautiful. Batman Superman this time around. But oh. yeah, that's drawn by Jay Lee, and that was, that was really nice art. Oh, that was, that was yeah. gorgeous. Yeah. It was, um, Pak, P-A-K. Greg P- Pak, yeah. Yeah, he wrote, I like him. He wrote, uh, World War Hulk. Okay. No, not World War. See, no, Planet Hulk. He did that whole Planet Hulk epic where they, where like Reed Richards and those guys like exile Hulk into outer yeah, space. Yeah, they send him into space. Yeah, it was like, hey, any- Bruce, come over here. Check out the rocket ship. <laughs> <laughs> Bam. Yeah. And then shove him in a box and send him into space with no trajectory, right? No. I mean, it's very a con it, kind it, of Star it, Trek kind it of It totally situation. was exile. It was like, we don't know what to do with the Hulk. It was, I mean, it was a clever idea. And I mean, and Greg really, I mean, that was a great storyline. You're just going to make a mess. 
mad. That's what you're going to do with the Hulk. Well, when he came back, that's he was what led to World War, World War Hulk because yeah. then he went after everybody. But he really didn't kill anybody. That yeah. was one of those. That was one of those like really big build up events. Yeah, like World War Hulk, Hulk coming after anybody, everybody, and you know, big fight scene, big you know, fight scene, and you know, but nobody really, you know, not that you want people to die, but it's just sort of you know, they, right. they, you build something up, you have to have some sort of you know, you know, consequence. yeah, the stakes have to be actually real. Yeah, like that weird one off, uh, the irredeemable. Right. Who did that? Is that IDW? Um, boom. Boom. Okay. Because yeah. that was the super. That that was the theory on that was that Superman. Superman goes bad. Snaps. <laughs> and it's like the last the last straw because you yeah. never think about how Superman can hear everything. Right. He knows. So, where he, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there is some tool bag just sitting around going. Superman doesn't sell all that. What's with him in his underwear outside of his jeans? And what's, what's he like? Yeah. And so he he snaps. Yeah. And then it's genocide. Yeah. And uh, yeah. No. And but, how do you stop it, man? What do you do when 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 that happens? Yeah. It that was a that was a great book. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, and I have a hard time sometimes when they get super dark. Yeah. But I do. Was hard time the guy who wrote the duck. Howard Steve the, Gerber, yeah, yeah. Hard Time was a good series. That was that was one of the first ones I right. picked. Yeah, that was again that you're that you're yeah that was all about yeah ten years ago and DC was doing some interesting stuff like outside their normal because that was universe. DC too, right? Yeah, okay. That was a whole line. There was three or four. Uh, they all had, they all had the, like that that they, they weren't quite black and white, but they were almost black and white. Oh right, they they weren't they weren't primary colors. Yeah, it was muted. Right, it was all very <laughs> muted. It, yeah, it was like greens and you know it was like olive drab. Yeah, <laughs> who are your favorite DC heroes? Uh, the Flash. I mean, like I say, partially just because, like I say, it was from the, childhood. From childhood, the, the you know, and and in terms of you know powers that you wish you had, I mean, right? There's not enough time in the day. Don't you wish it could be super fast? I mean, that that's. Right. Yeah, that's my thing. If I could, you know, my wife asked me to, you know, you know, clean up. If cleaning up took me a second and I could still watch, you know, Mad Men over and over and over, you know, for hours <laughs> after that, why not, you know? Right. But, you know, but that was the thing. I mean, everything in, in the, in the comics, I mean, you know, what Flash could do in the, in the blink of an eye, you know, was always, you know, he, that's how he'd, Get one over on the bad guys. Well, while you were looking that way, I ran to the bank and then ran around the world five times and then, right. you know, ma- you know, made ice cream and came back and, you know, and, and put you in jail. Right. You know, and it was like, <laughs> but it happened in one panel. You right. Know, if, if you can be that fast, you can just do. Well, that's so amazing though. Cause what, cause that's what I've always wondered about the flash is that why, uh, so if he's doing, I mean, what, what would life be like for the flash? Right. You know, where it's, you're just like, everyone's so slow. Right. Everyone around him. Now, is the Flash married? What's the Flash's? Does he have sons? Well, New 52, again, they've kind of rewound. I mean, you know, again, that was in, in the, you know, the original, you know, DC, you know, the, 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 the Flash was like a big tragedy in, in, in the pre-crisis. In the- you know, universe. In the 80s yeah, cause, yeah, cause he, his wife, he, he did get married and then his wife died and she was murdered, but he was framed for the murder. So oh. he, there was like a, one of the longest and unfortunately not best storylines ever is, uh. But you stuck it out? I did stick it out. It well was, the, played. it was called The Trial of the Flash. And, okay. And, and they basically dragged this out until they then killed the Flash in Crisis on Infinite Earths. Okay. You know, uh, Flash was like the patron was that saint Scott? of Crisis. Uh, no, no, Barry Allen. That was Barry Allen. Okay. Yeah. And he was like the patron saint of, uh, of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Okay. You know, he, w- he gave up his life so that, you know, oh. one world might live. Oh, there we and, go. And, um, you know, and, and, and like I say, his story was a little bit, it was, it was, you know, it, it, he, He's one of those characters, as much as I love, you know, Barry Allen was always kind of boring and he was one of those characters that was always more interesting in death. And, and <laughs> right. when other writers would write about him after that, he was okay. always much more interesting. So that was, that was one of the What fun did they things. write about him after that? Like flashbacky kind of stuff? Um, yeah. And, and how, um, people didn't know this. He used to read to children. <laughs> well, it was more, it was more about how other characters reacted to him. I mean, they did do some flashback things oh, like okay. about, let's look back at the friendship between, um, you know, uh, you know, Flash and Green Lantern. Okay. But also because when they relaunched the Flash after Crisis, it was Wally West who was Kid Flash. Okay. So it was really one of the first times in a, in a long-term kind of way. I mean, they've done it a couple times with Dick Grayson becoming Batman. Right. But at that time, it was the real first time a sidekick became uh, the hero. The hero. And really stuck with it. And I okay. mean, and, and for, you know, for 15 or 20 more years, Wally West was the Flash. So, Part of that character, though, was 
was in some way had to refer back to, you know. Oh, because he, he knew the original he knew Flash. The, his, he, yeah, or he, he knew, knew. Right, exactly. He knew where he came from and he knew what his influence was. And, and he was in the uh, – and he was taking up the mantle of somebody else's, you know. He wasn't calling himself Velocity or something. Right, right. You know, something. And, and he, was it great? Was, was it the was, Wally yeah, 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 Wally, yeah, Wally West Flash had a great run. I mean he's okay. one of – apparently, you know, at, at conventions and stuff. And now he's like not in the new 52. He is not. Uh, he's kind of disappeared and that's one of the you know, biggest questions that keeps coming up at conventions, you know, when they ask DC, where is Wally West? <laughs> What's he doing? Yeah. And uh, so is there a flash, but there's a flash now. But as, it, it's Barry Allen, but it's again dialed back where he, uh, he's still single. He's not married. You know, again, I think they're, Oh, they rebooted to, it and it, just because brought it's him. been rebooted by the new 52. It's Barry Allen. Um, it's Barry sort of Allen a new was young essentially Allen. just young Barry Allen. It's 2012. Yeah. It's Barry Allen. Right. And that's all. And now we're just beginning again. Yeah. And he's, okay. you know, and he's a police scientist, which was always one of the interesting things. And, oh, that is interesting. And, and, and it was interesting in the, in the fifties and sixties. And now with CSI and all oh, that yeah. kind of stuff, it's, it seems like, oh, that's what we meant to do all along. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. You would think the flash is the flash because I've never read any yeah. flash. So uh, if I were to read some flash, what should, what flash? Um, What's a good trade right now? Is I think one? Flash Rebirth is is a good is a good trade. That that's by um, uh, that sort of reintroduces the Barry Allen Flash, even though it happened sort of before the New Fifty Two. It's okay. still a good kind of primer. Good. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, what and I it's, need. It's written by Jeff Johns, who's always always, oh, delivers. always good. Um, and uh, and then I think the um, would it be the new uh, and probably the new and then the New Fifty Two, and it's a, it's a writer artist team that's kind of cool because the they're they're they are literally the artists and and the writers together and it's a okay. beautifully designed I mean in oh, the so book they is both really draw, well designed. They both yeah. Write? yeah. Sort of the like Inker, the Lu- yeah. Luna Brothers kind of that In kind a of way, sense? I guess, yeah. Well, what's their the, the name? Writer, the uh, Brian Bucoletto and um Francis Manipool. And All Francis right. is sort of is is the the main designer and Brian was his inker. Okay. So and then together they write the the And Francis the, the is book. a man? Yes. Okay. Well, that's interesting because I like the idea of him being a scientist. I also like, I want the Flash to be, and I, is he, uh, quippy? Um, not so much. Because if you think, if he's so quick, he that he quick would be, mentally. he'd be quick mentally. <laughs> I want him to be with a snappy comeback. I think there's, there's occasionally, I mean, well, one, I mean, the, the joke in the, in the old, really old comics was always that he was always late, you know, that, oh. that was that even though he, yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, I find that you might be able to just use that once, though. Yeah. Yeah. But that with his girlfriend. But part of it was, well, because he was always off fighting. She oh, thought right. he was late, but he's really off fighting supervillains. That's why he's late. Ah, I get it. He's and late because he's fast. Right. Know, in a, in right. a weird way. In a weir- and did she know that he was the Flash? Eventually she, just- she eventually, she did find out. I think she found out before they married, because I think it was a big bone of contention in the 60s that it would be, like, it would be somehow inappropriate for them to marry without her knowing. I think it's inappropriate. Yeah. Did you you read uh, have you seen Love and Capes? Yeah, Tom, yeah, that's Tom a fun Zoller. book. I like that book. That's a very sweet yeah. fun book about a Superman character yeah. who when they're dating, the first thing he does when it's serious is yeah. he tells her that he is right. Superman. Yeah. And and then and it's and he's he's been on the show Tom Zoller okay. and uh and he calls it a um a sitcom. Yeah. It's like it's kind of just a sitcom where he's a superhero and then his friend is the Batman character. Right. But he's a much lighter ba- Batman. And then there's Amazonia, who is the oh, I don't think I've seen any issues with her in that. Uh Amazonia is a super, the Superman character's ex-girlfriend. Right. And she's like a Wonder Woman. She's type. the Wonder Woman yeah. and um she ends up dating Batman. Ah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> a comic book that is there's only about tw- 70 issues. But it's a great, it's a very sweet, very yeah, fun yeah. comic. And, um. Yeah, like yeah, the art I, style. Yeah, I like, yeah. And he writes and, and does all of it. Mm-hmm. I think it's, he's a one man band in right. that situation. So, so the Flash is one of your, is, is currently your favorite or has always been? Oh, so yeah, of. sort of a, yeah, in terms of personal favorite. I mean, you know, I mean, again, you can't talk about DC without talking about Batman. Right. I mean, everybody loves Batman. So, you know, you, you know, if you're the Which guy, Batman title is good right now? Uh, the main Batman title is really good. And it's um, just called Batman? Batman. Okay. Just Batman. It's with a J. With just a, Batman. Is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> I want that. I want that for some reason. Uh, and Batman and Robin is a good title. Well, now it's not. I don't know. Well, now it's going through a change because Damian Wayne, when when they brought in um, Bruce Wayne's son, who is the grandson of Raj Al Ghul. 
Oh, really? By the way, that's the whole family line is, is. Batman married Raja Ghoul's daughter? Well, they didn't marry. She somehow, I mean. Whatever, the baby dad. Yeah, but, yeah, but, well, I think at one point it was suggested there was actual, you know, uh, a conjugal visit, but now they, I think it's now somehow more, um, cloning cloning or something. (laughs) Genetic material, uh, absorbed somehow. Sure. Um, and they, uh, Heaven forbid. But Damien Wayne yes. is no, the young Robin is no longer with us. But during that time, uh, the, any of the stories with, with, with Batman and Damien were also, was, a, you know, uh, Peter Tomasi is the writer of Batman and Robin. Okay. Previously it had been Grant Morrison and that's been a really good. The Grant run Morrison of run of Batman and Robin is great. Oh, Batman and Robin by Grant Morrison is great. Yeah. Okay. And the, cause I love almost everything he writes. I oh, can't yeah, imagine. Yeah. And um, I am reading actually Huntress and Power Girl. Oh, uh, uh, world which under the title I think World's Finest. Yeah. Okay, and that they're from some parallel universe. They're from Earth too. They're from Earth too. Yeah. Okay, and I think is Hunt one of them is Batman's Huntress daughter. Huntress is in Batman's Earth daughter and in in from Earth two. And that, right. Yeah. That that that's a seventies idea that yeah they've sort of you know you know, re you know and Power refitted. Girl is Superman's relation. Well, she's she well she's like Power or Girl she's, is like Supergirl. She's Superman's cousin. Okay, because she's Krypton. She's, she's a, yeah she's Kryptonian as well. Yeah. Okay, and I and I like that title actually. Yeah. They are very funny, and they are, I you know I'm I'm gonna want I'm gonna want some comedy in my uh, right in, in in my comic books. I like them to be, they're funny pages. Right. And so well, do you read Deadpool? I, I mean, do read Deadpool. Deadpool is, is, is hilarious. Brian Posehn is doing yeah. the new Deadpool, yeah. and, and, and I read Jerry it Dugan, first. Yeah. Because it was Brian, mm-hmm. and but previously there were four Deadpool's that I started reading. Right, well, it's always been designed. I mean, in the past years, yes, that, and Daniel Way was doing it as well too. But it's, but, it's been that kind of um, yeah. His were hilarious. The yeah. Daniel Way Deadpool's were hilarious because they're super dark but mm-hmm. very funny, and he's such a mess. And well, you know what? When when um, they started doing Superior Spider-Man, one of my biggest concerns because what I always used to like about Spider-Man and the first. The first Spider-Man comic I ever read was like a wasn't a wasn't a real Spider-Man comic. It was like a Marvel team-up. Yeah, me too. And it was just like Spider-Man and the Beast chasing a villain across Manhattan. Right. And so it was, and it was all quips. You know, yeah. we were talking about, and and the Beast was also a quippy character. Okay. And so they were just it was just quip, 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 and then making fun of the villain all the way through. Yeah. And, was, and that was a lot of fun, and I mm-hmm. liked that experience. And that's always been part of Spider-Man that right. that, that wit. And I think one of the things I was most concerned about with Superior Spider-Man was that. Well, Doc Ock isn't funny, he but, isn't. but, but Dan Slott has made the book funny by how serious right. Doc Ock is. Yes. You Dan know, when Slott has really, he brought it. Yeah. And he, so, so it, it makes me laugh because he, because he just says the most, you know, inappropriate, you know, thing or he says something so, so seriously. He's so didactic and he's <laughs> yeah. so preachy and he's so arrogant. Yeah. And everybody from like the tiniest mugger yeah. to the most, you know, to, to Captain America just going, who are you? Right. And, uh, and I, and I look forward to that moment every issue now where it's like, where is he going to work in when he goes, I am the superior. <laughs> Cause it's always like it, it gets worked up to, you know? Right. And him and the fact that he's, he's getting Peter Parker's doctorate right now. And so he's taking those classes mm-hmm. from that guy that he doesn't like oh, yeah. from, from his own past. Right. That it just makes me, cause there's always a point in any comic book, uh, that we're reading that I have to say, to Andy Ashcraft, have you read this? Yeah. Uh, because I don't know who these people are. Right. And luckily, he's got the long boxes in his brain box. Right. And he can go, oh, but sometimes it's just a mysterious stranger. Right. You know, like at the end of it, there'll be someone in a mask and it's this huge reveal yeah. at the end of a comic book. And you're like, oh, is that supposed to mean something? And sometimes right. it does. But many times it's just a cliffhanger. Yeah. Yeah. Let's find out next issue. Find out next issue. Or even issue. I think something like, and I think the guy that they, that professor that they introduced, I don't think we've never necessarily ever met him, met before. him before. It's just something that, you know, again, it's a, it's a Dan Slott invention that right. there are other professors or scientists <laughs> that Octavius has met along the way and has contempt for. So we're going to write one of them back in. Not, not everybody has been in, you know, a, a previous a, issue of Spider-Man. True. And I going to suspect Octavius uh, has some contempt. Oh uh, yeah, it's a, <laughs> it's a, it's a big brush that he'll he's willing to paint humanity Absolutely. with. Well, it, see, I like it because when I was again, bef- when I mean they made Green Goblin the biggest villain in, yeah. in Spider Man, uh, and they're bringing him back. It looks like, but they um, but for me it was oh Doctor Octopus was 
you know, virtually, you know, every other issue at, right. at, at, at the time. I yeah. mean, he seemed to be the main right. uh, villain more than the Green Goblin. Right. And I liked actually what my, my reintroduction to some of this stuff is all the movies, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I've seen in this living room, one of Andy's best friends, uh, he will watch anything. And uh, so we watched both Fantastic Four movies back to back. And that wasn't fun. Right. That was not, that was a lot of work right there. And the Daredevil movie. Oh God. And, uh, cause Daredevil, I, I genuinely like Daredevil, yeah. but, uh, he's a mess. Yeah. And, uh, really? You won't go north of 52nd Street? What, what, what if something's happening over on 54th? Really? Right. You're not going to help, <laughs> help anyone out? Okay. All right. And this is my turf. Hell's Kitchen. <laughs> Hell's Kitchen. It's been gentrified yeah. at this point. Matt oh, Murdock. Yeah. <laughs> It's a, there's a gap and a, and a Starbucks on every well, other corner. But yeah, well, I mean, so were you, how did you think of that? So were you saying that like the Spider-Man movies, you like, you know, Dr. Yeah, Octopus? Yeah, I like the Dr. Octopus and I like that he was Alfred flawed Molina, and yeah. yeah. It was that? It was Alfred Molina. It was Alfred Molina. That's right. And he was like, he, you, he was approachable. And that's what I like about the new sp- superior Spider-Man mm-hmm. is because he has this responsibility. Right. Because of Peter Parker's memories. Right. I hear that comes with great power. They're, like a, a, they're like a matched set. They might be. Yeah, there seems to be some power responsibility equality going on. And if only, if only Carl Rove could feel that. Oh, God. In other news. Uh, <laughs> so in the new uh, – so Batman's good. Batman's really good. There's a there's a Superman that's good. And then, of course, the, the beautiful Superman that I – the oh, Batman, the Superman, Batman Superman, yeah. That seems to be kind of neat. Yeah. Did Batman – in the new Batman Superman – I've only read one. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't all- seem to know each other. Well, that's what they were sort of doing. Again, because the new 52 is using not the established continuity, okay. they can fill in those gaps. So they wanted to, you know, tell a story, um, of the first time they met. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. And trying to figure out like who, like, although it immediately took like a time travel twist and then they also, like jumped to the future where their yeah. future selves were. So that, that actually, maybe that's what confused th- that, me. That confused me at the end too. Cause now you had like two Supermans and two Batmans running around. Right. But I like the Superman in the t-shirt and jeans. Yeah. The Superman. I thought that was a great idea when Grant Morrison was doing that. It's cause, cause that was when it was before he got his costume. Is that yeah, the deal? It was, it was, well, when they first launched action comics, in the new 52, Grant Morrison did a run where it was really, he really wanted, cause no one had really done that for a long time of, what was it like just to be Superman the first time? Right. You know, you know, and again, what was that formative stage of, you know, and he wanted to do a throwback to kind of like the golden age thing of, of, you know, again, in action comics, number one, Superman throws a guy off a roof. You know, he just wanted that kind of really angry young oh, Superman. Right, right. Yeah. Did you see the movie? Yes. And how was the movie? Have you seen it? I have not. Okay. I don't want to do any spoilers or anything. You know, I, again, kid from the seventies. For me, it was such an emotional peak in 1978 to see the Christopher, Christopher Reeve, Reeve Superman, the movie. You know, movie has its flaws, but that was such a defining moment in my life that any Yeah, I'm Superman married to the Christopher has, Reeves movie, quite yeah. honestly. It, so, and this is different. What I like about Man of Steel is it really is a movie that was, it's a Superman movie that was made today, mm-hmm. as opposed to the last time they did it when they did Superman Returns and it felt like it was this weird spin-off homage to, to Christopher, to, to Christopher Reeve. Reeve. Yeah. That's a hundred million dollar homage. Yeah. It, Don't we all want that? Yeah. And it was, and it was kind of like, and it was weird. Like, well, why are you used Does does this Superman know he's using dialogue from Superman, the movie? <laughs> like we're really going to do the, you know, air flying is the safest way of travel all over again. So I yeah. mean, this is, but this is a really, I mean, this is a, a really dark, intense, Man right, of Christopher Steel Nolan. Movie. Yeah. I couldn't see the last Batman, by the way. Wow. Because it was too dark. Wow. I was like. Like you literally couldn't see it because. <laughs> right. I was genuinely, I was like, turn the projector on, turn the, no. I, I, Andy went and I was like, no, I'm good. I'm You're good. good. Yeah. I didn't see, I didn't see the last, um, Star Wars movie either. Wow. I was like, I'm good. You know how it ends. I know how it turns out. <laughs> it's not good for that kid. Yeah, it's that, not good for that cute little boy. <laughs> that cute little boy is about to, have you heard Pat Oswalt's joke about, about the prequels. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's just a, a wonderful, yeah. it's, it's a wonderful bit about Star Wars. Yeah. So, and, uh, yeah, it's, there's so much I want out of, you know, cause I grew up watching the reruns of Batman and Superman mm-hmm. TV shows. Yes. And so I always want my heroes to be better. Right. But only 
the established heroes. Like I can do an anti-hero right. if I've never heard of them for some reason. Well, I think that's what you get in books like Irredeemable and yeah. Astro City, oh, you right. know, and, and things that kind of like take everything you know about superheroes and can kind of put a twist on it. Right. But it, but when it's, it's – well, I, I agree with that. I mean one of my favorite things about the new Iron Man movie was the scene where the people fall out of the plane and he saves people. Because I think yeah. that's one of the things we love to see superheroes do is actually rescue people. Yeah. And – one thing about Man of Steel is, you know, there just feels like, again, it's a very modern take, but it doesn't feel like he's really spending a lot of his time saving people. He's, right. he's fighting. He's right. just in a big brawl with General Zod and not, not really doing that thing. But I think, as I've read what Nolan and David Goyer have said, they really were trying to tell more of an origin story, not just where the origin is he's right. from Krypton, but it's how does he how does he develop his moral code? And I think that's that's, that's well, and that's two. neat. Then that's yeah. neat because yeah. there should be some arc because the I mean because I can watch the origin story of Superman yeah. every day. <laughs> Every day yeah, I yeah. could, cause Smallville, yeah, the yeah. first couple seasons yeah. of Smallville, I'm like, let's do this. Yeah. Excellent. And I understand in Man of Steel, there's no kryptonite. Right. And, uh, you're like, yay, save the kryptonite. Right. And they're just, See, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you have Kryptonian villains, you can't, I mean, you use the crypt, I mean, that's like a, like a, that's a draw. Yeah. You know, yeah. they can't, they can't use it on you. You can't use it on them. It's true. Now, are, now Lee mentioned that there was different kinds of kryptonite. Are you familiar with the different kinds oh, of kryptonite? Oh, God, yes. There's a whole rainbow spectrum of, of kryptonite. Sort of like the rings of, of, uh, yeah. Lantern? yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, green kryptonite is the most common. You know, that's, that's the, the most... that's the weakening slash killing one. Okay. Uh, red, red's the silly one that has like different effects on Superman. If in he gets small expo- yeah. um, it makes him evil or cocky. Yeah, well, in, in in comics, it would it, you know he could red kryptonite could you know give him a super brain or 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 turn him into half a horse or something. <laughs> it, you know, I mean, it was just literally yeah. like anything. Well, it was just one of those devices. Like instead okay. of an imaginary story, if they wanted Superman to you know you know become. A woman. Uh, a gigantic or a woman, yeah. <laughs> oh, well, he was exposed to red kryptonite. Gold kryptonite uh, takes away Gold? your powers. Okay. Um, blue, there's a blue kryptonite. Blue kryptonite might only have an effect on, if I'm remembering, on like super animals. Okay. Um, super, oh, like the super pets. Like, like the super pets. Okay. And what about, uh, he mentioned white kryptonite. White kryptonite. Do you remember that? That's a good one. But I, I don't remember. He couldn't what it remember does. what the hell it did either. It, it was, was kind all, of yeah. trip. Well, you know, I, I, I'll, I can, I can look that up. But. All right, maybe I'll look it up. Put it in the notes. <laughs> Car D'Angelo, uh, this has been fascinating. It's been an hour, and uh, what we're talking about here is Earth Two Comics with the number two dot com. It is. Uh, you may see me there on a Saturday uh, picking up some comic books, and there's one in Northridge as well. Super fun. Thank you so much for doing the show. Thank you for having me. Take care of each other out there, Rangers. Okay, bye. My hat, my hat, my hat. They're dancing around my hat. <laughs> my hat, my hat, my hat. Well, what do you think of that? If it looks like a Mexican hat dance and it sounds like a Mexican hat dance, it's most likely a Mexican hat dance. So take off your hat and let's dance. Yay! Oh, my God. Thank we you. Why don't we just call that as the end of the show?